Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly, folks, for listening to us, for being a part of the show. You know, we are nothing without you guys. And you know, it's all about you. Anyhow, we are going to have a great show for you today. I love the way Rourke announced it today. You know, I told, I told him, I called him Mr. Sweet Tongue, you know. Hey, uh, Andrew, you know, when you have somebody that has that voice when they're playing their music and all that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. you know. I want to say, hey, you can announce my show any day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are just gifted, I guess. I know, man. Anyhow, what's up with you, Andrew? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you doing yourself, Egbert? I am doing great. Now, you know, we last time you were on the show with me, mm-hmm. right? I remember that there is this quote that I said, I'm going to steal that quote. <laughs> and it came in from Think Wing Radio, which is... Tell us a little bit about when Think Ring Radio comes on. Yes. And also, let's talk about that quote before yes. we get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, Thinkwing Radio Radio with Mike Koenig is a political talk show on 90.1 FM KPFT HD2. Uh, It's hosted by Mike Koenig and co-hosted by myself. And uh, last week, we talked about sort of Mike's core philosophy, I think, which is an educated... On, on your show, yeah, right. uh, which is an educated electorate is a prerequisite for a democracy. Now, and last week, it. last week, I said that Mike was quoting somebody else. I actually talked to him since then, um, and uh, we we found out it's a quote that originates from him. He thought it was from somebody else, uh-huh. but there's no evidence of anybody else saying it quite that way. So that is an original uh, Mike Honig quote. <laughs> so we're going to call it an original Mike Honig of Think Wing Radio quote. And I think that is great. 713-526-5738, folks. 713-526-5738. Please give us a call as we join the conversation. Title of the show today, $42 an hour minimum wage. French Revolt continues. It's ACA preventative care and internet archive overturned. Uh, did you hear about that internet archive thing? Uh, I absolutely did. I uh, I followed it very closely um, I, because I mentioned last week I'm a card carrying member of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Yes. They uh, were supporting the internet archive in that fight. I believe. Well, let's talk about that later because um, you know we're talking about wanting. T- our our society to be more educated, etc., and we're putting all kind of barriers because we want to monetize just about everything. But anyhow, uh, the, the the subtitle of the show: both the ACA Preventative Care and Internet Archive have nixed have been nixed by courts. It's if the same Wall Street fairness applied to all, the minimum wage would be what forty two dollars an hour. The French Revolution. It spreads. Anyhow, New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg indicted the former thug-in-chief, Donald Trump. Most rags will be saturated with all that coverage. We will not. While Trump may be consequential when we are looking for small thinking comic or macabre relief, it does nothing for the condition Trump, neoliberals, and the Republican Party have left America in as the middle class and poor continues to struggle more and more. So today, we cover four subjects, if we can get to it, if you guys allow us to get to it. But, you know, that's not a prerequisite. You can call 713-526-5738, extension 2, and talk about anything you want to talk about, because this is, this is your show. Anyhow, folks, 713-526-5738. So we'll start with the first subject. And I think I want to tackle the minimum wage first. It goes like this. I was, uh, you know, I was watching the hearing where uh, the CEO of Starbucks got upset because a senator called him a billionaire. Can you believe that? 
They called him a billionaire. So he got upset. He, uh, her tone as an insult and snapped back. He took her tone as an insult. God, I have quite a few typos in that thing I sent out this morning. The newsletter, sorry guys, but forgive me. I was in a rush. He took her tone as an insult and snapped back. He claimed he earned that money. The truth is, our economic system is predicated on what? On the ability of those with capital to get a substantial piece of all the labor and intellect we all generate. We cannot allow the billionaire or super millionaire class to create a narrative that we sit back and believe. We do it at our detriment, folks. Worse, it makes us complicit in our own demise. A recent article brought out a reality that should wake us up. It should wake us up. I'm going to read this little snippet, then I'll go to Ray, but let me read this snippet first. Citing uh, the federal minimum wage in the United States would be more than $42 an hour today if it rose at the same rate as the average Wall Street bonus over the past four decades, according to an analysis released Thursday by the Institute for Policy Studies. Citing newly released data from the New York State Comptroller, IPS noted that the average Wall Street bonus has increased by 1,165% 1, since 1985, not adjusted for inflation last year. The average cash bonus paid to Wall Street employees was $176,000, 75% higher than in 2008. Okay. 75-2008, but slightly lower than the 2021 level of $240,000. Think about that. Think about that. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Anderson, director of Global Economy Project at IPS and the author of the new analysis, wrote Thursday that average weekly earnings for all U.S. private sector workers increased by only 54% between 2008 and 2022. Amazing. The total bonus for a bonus pool for 190,000 New York City based Wall Street employees in 2022 was 33.7 billion. Enough to pay the 771,000 jobs that pay $15 per hour with benefits for a year. Anderson observed Wall Street bonuses come on top of base salaries, which average 516000 for New York securities industries. I want you guys to understand the kind of money we're talking about. Let's go to Ray on line numero uno. Ray, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, happy Friday, Egbert. Happy Friday to you, sir. I, I heard you uh, coming. I, I just heard $42 an hour minimum wage. And uh, you had piqued my interest, so my ears were open to where where did you uh, conclude that this would be uh, possible in policy change? Well, you know so what is interesting, right? When they say $42 an hour, I can understand that. Some people are going to scream small businesses, and I would too. If I owned a pizza shop, I can't afford to give a worker $320, and I have 10 workers. As a, that would be $3,000 a week when you count. The, the, you know, I, I managed a pizza shop when I was in college, so I understand the issues, but that's not what the issue really is. The issue is uh, $42 an hour, which should mean like health care, whatever your health care premium is and all of that, right? But guess what, Ray? If we were like, let's say, some other countries, right? Uh, progressive countries. When I say progressive, I mean that care about their people. The employer right. wouldn't have to worry about things like, um, guess what? Healthcare insurance, because it would be covered progressively by, by wages, right? So, which means take that ten take off about $10 an hour for the real cost of, of healthcare. That drops it to about $32. Uh, then if we had a really great social safety net that uh, people who needed subsidies to put their kids in uh, daycare or some sort of a care while they are able to hold a full-time job, that eliminates, you know, I don't know if you know any parents right now, but I know parents that are paying two mortgages because they're putting two kids in school, right? So there are all these things if society looked at families as what they always talk about, family values, 
that employer then would just be r responsible for wages. They don't care about family values. Right. So that employer, Ray, could pay that employee between $17 and $20 an hour, and that would be equivalent to that employee getting $42 an hour because he gets all these other services. He's a full-time worker or she's a full-time worker, right? They're doing what society says they're supposed to do, right? Work so that we all work together. And, and those people who make a lot of money because they are also put in a lot more value onto, you know, they use the roads more, they use things more, they use our financial infrastructure more. Of course they should pay more taxes, but that's not how our society have been trained to think, you know? No, it's not at all. And, it, you know, that's funny you mention that because it's like, even if you make in America, mm -hmm. or as I call it, America, <laughs> M-U-I-C-A, that's, that's where we live in right now, America. Yes. So in America... Um, basically your net pay is really what you can live on right. after you deducted all of your life expenses. Like people don't understand, you know, real wages after taxes, after insurance, after social security and, and, um, all the other Medicare, fees. Yeah. Basically that, by the way, the upper class doesn't pay because there's a cap Thank that you. needs to be lifted desperately. Why don't, why shouldn't they have to pay when they are the ones exploiting us and we're going to need it in the future after we've been having our backs broken, trying to do all of this work for them. Ray, you know what? I love when people call in, especially folks like you that are, that have this information because it gives us an opportunity to be able to explain to folks things that kind of that's just glossed over if you listen to the main news. Let me just pause for a second. Folks, I'd love to have more calls on this issue. We have several other issues to cover. If this issue is tickling your fancy right now, I would love to hear from you. 713-526-5738, extension numero dos. I see a lot of you listening, but not many of you calling. So again, go ahead. As, oh, I don't have that, that other app up. But anyway, go ahead and give us a call at 713 526 Five seven three eight. There is something that I want to, um, to 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 mention as well, and to expand on what you had to say, Ray. That is very very important. When you mention that it's what, and for those of you that are in chat, I forgot to start the chat up early, so all the messages are not going to be conjugated into one place again. So please go ahead and re-enter your messages if you want me to talk to you or answer them. Here we go, Ray. That point that you brought up is important. Your real wage is when you look at after your fix. You know, you know what's so funny? In business, right? When you're doing a ledger for a business, there are two kinds of costs that we talk about. There's a fixed cost and there's a non-fixed cost. I don't remember what that non-fixed cost is cost. In other words, the fixed cost is that no matter what, what you have to pay for. And everything else is incidental. When it comes to the national budget, we also have the, the discretionary budget and we have the things that we always have to pay for, right? Um, we don't yeah, look like at the, the family. Yes, sir. We don't. We don't look at the family budget that way, even though we should. And why should we look at the family budget this way? We should look at the family budget this way because what occurs is the following, and this this is a very important concept for us to understand. When you go ahead and take out your insurance money, when you go ahead and take out, as you mentioned, your social security, Medicare and things like taking care of your family as far as uh, childcare because you have to work in our society, which is, you know, the responsible thing to do. What you're left with is what, you know, your real discretionary, right? Now, here's the kicker. Imagine, let's imagine everybody that's listening to me right now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's imagine if we said... Society depends on workers, and as such, we have to ensure that workers can go to work. Don't talk about anybody if you're talking about we want families to have kids. Right now, we have a shortage of kids in the United States to be able to handle Social Security later in the future. We have a shortage of people. That's why we need to bring people into this country. We don't have enough. We don't see that publicized quite often, but we have a shortage of people to keep things going. If we want families working, if we want all these things done, we need to have that infrastructure to do it. Then people say, well, who is going to pay for that? Well, based on how much the wealthy has skimmed out of the country, and notice I use those sort of quasi-derogatory terms like skim. I use that for a purpose. When you go to work for somebody and they, they say, I'm going to pay you $20 an hour, but their profit margin is huge. Let's say like a Microsoft that pays an engineer, let's say $150,000, but that engineer on a per capita basis brings in a million and something, is that really, really fair? You know, I mean, there are all these dynamics in the way our economic system works that doesn't give back the money commensurate with your work. I think the most important people on this planet right now are teachers, right? Yet teachers are the ones that some of those that struggle the most. So there are these different discrepancies. So if we had a way to normalize, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. No, I was saying you're right about the teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they struggle the most, mm-hmm. but their jobs are so paramount yes. in shaping our future. You know, exactly. it's like the jobs, the way jobs work in this country, it's not based on how much you can contribute to society, but how much knowledge you have to be able to extract wealth from society. Oh, sir. That's the affairs oh. that we live in. You're, that's beautiful. Let me tell you, it's funny because I wrote that in, in one of the articles. You'll hear me uh, mention that in one of the um, articles that I have today, if we can get to it. But what I, the reason I love uh, keeping you on here is because the information that you just put out there is things that I, I wanted to expand on because I think we have to understand our worth and work, our work and worth, because that is what allows us to be able to demand what's ours. And notice what I said, demand what is ours, not ask what, ask them. Because people, you know, people look at, let's say Musk. Musk, Musk got some big kudos for sending somebody at the edge of space. I worked for NASA back in the 90s. We were doing, I mean, we, we didn't, the, the, the things that was done, right? Think about, forget about 90s. Let's look at 1969. We use, a, we use a computer ch- cheaper than my cell phone. I mean, less powerful than my cell phone. And we went to the moon. We, we went to the moon and back and landed. We did all of that. Musk, with the propaganda that they have out there, he goes and he barely gets up in space and drops back down in about 20 minutes or so. And everybody are giving him the fanfare. Look at what the private sector has done. I would say, oh my God, look at what the government sector has done. We sent somebody to the moon and back. We sent the rover to to Mars and we, you know, look at all those things. We even brought back some of those things back to Earth. The government did that. Yes, all in, no, and and who is the government again, Ray? The people. Thank you. The people. Thank you. There's no government. You know, a lot of people like say, oh, you always want government involved. No, government, or I want us involved. That's we the people. And it's a psychology that the Powell memo has changed people's frames of mind. They have changed people's minds into believing that somehow that government is that bad thing out there. Right? Yeah, Powell needs to go. He needs to go like, you know. I don't know why the Fed is even, that's a whole nother conversation, right. but I'm about to get to work at Berto. Well, I, I love talking to you and you know, you know, it's, it's always great to know that I got a progressive like yourself who's out there on the airwaves every day talking about what we need Brother, to do. 
we are going going to continue doing what we have to do because the truth of the matter is this, right? I try to, I know you got to go, but I just want to put one word out there to everybody that's listening, whether you're left wing, right wing or otherwise, most people are the same and ask for the same things. they, They institute things to put us at each other's throats. Let's remember that. Thank you so kindly for calling in, Ray. Yes, bro. Thank you for giving me the space. You have a wonderful day. Have a good weekend. All right, folks, the the telephone lines are empty. Where are you guys? 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos. 713-526-5738. Do you want to make a comment? Come on in. Make your comment. Welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, he says, shortage of kids because the nucleus of ideal family is attacked. And so you go and buy your votes. You know, like I said, we have both our good left-wing readers or right-wing readers. Eric Hayes is one of our good right-wing guys. I love Eric. Uh, he's out there. He's here every single day, twice a day often. Thank you for being here, Eric. Alistair says, I loved your commenters when you called into Egberto at noon Wednesday. Keep it up. Eric Hayes says, Ray, why passion? No, he's not. Anyway, continuing. We mentioned about the $42 an hour wage. So I ended that piece this way. These are people that produce no product or service of substantive value. Speaking about the Wall Street people that make all this great amount of money that they believe they earned, that they believe they were great for doing. They do not innovate to move society forward. You know, uh, we must learn to respect ourselves and our fellow workers who are the ones that make society prosper as a large percentage of the rich parasitically leech on us all. I mean, think about that. I, I really want to think about that. Every day you hear on TV how lazy Americans are. I'm sorry. When I drive in the mornings and I go to whether, and you, talk, you hear me talk about my stereotypical place, the ghettos, the barrios, and Appalachia. When I was out there in D.C. and me and my daughter drive into some of those areas, you know what I find? People at bus stops going to work. People at bus stops, people doing what they have to do to get to work. We know many of them making menial salaries. When I go to South Park, Houston, the bus stops in the mornings, they're filled. When I go to mi barrio ahí, Están llenas de gente trabajando. They're full of all these people going to work. When I go to my McDonald's, I don't have a problem uh, in that line when I see him or her flipping that burger for a menial salary. No, I'm so sorry. Americans are very hard workers. They're just not very well-paid workers. That's the only thing. And I, you know, I have my, my SDA guy in here. I want to say, give me your thoughts on that, um, Andrew, because uh, I know you have something to say about that wage issue. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not a DSA guy uh, myself, but uh, I am an IWW guy. Okay. I am a union man. Okay. And uh, I will absolutely agree with you. I think, uh, you know, workers understand that the world revolves with with human work, with human yes. effort. Yes. And, you know, that that work is not the, the fact that there are people making decisions, people making profit off of the the work and the um the effort of the average worker, that's not that's not integral to keeping the world moving. That's not integral to keeping keeping us all alive. The work is what keeps us exactly. alive, not the profit. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. People do what they have to do to survive, and people will do what they have to do to survive in any situation, whether that means um, you know competing like uh, the society that we have now, or a society based on cooperation and uh, and and meeting everyone's needs. Um, yeah, the 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 problem that workers face in America in, and in most countries around the world, I would say, uh, is that they are not the ones in power in, in, in their workplaces. They do not have the power over the, the work that they do, and they don't reap all of the rewards from the work that they do. They're given a, a small section of it and expected to make do. Yeah, it's funny. I have two of my good conservatives on here in the chat. Uh, supporters, actually. Lee Grant says, here is some fun fact. 
less than 2% of us workers makes minimum wage. There is no minimum wage in Sweden. How do they do that? Well, you know, uh, there, are different, there are different structures. Some companies, like in Germany, they make the worker an integral part of the business decision. We don't. You know, so that, that, that creates a big difference there. As far as 2% of the people making minimum wage, I usually find it amusing, Brother Grant, when people say that. It's like, it's only a little bit of people making minimum wage. What they don't tell you is that minimum wage is, let's say, seven twenty-five or whatever it is where it is. As long as you make it seven twenty-six, that statement is true. Most people, 2% of the people don't make minimum, only 2% of the people make minimum wage. Because if you go now from $7.26 to maybe $8 an hour, suddenly that number zooms up. But it's not a lot difference between $7.25 and $8, right? And, and, and let's remember, uh, there's a whole, whole lot of people that make sub-minimum wage. Right. People in service industries, restaurants, and these sorts of things where they rely on tips. Right. And they're expected to uh, make that minimum wage in tips. Theoretically, right. according to the law, if they don't make that in tips, the, wor- uh, the employer has to uh, get them up to that minimum wage. But in reality... You know, um, and let's also not forget, you know, uh, disabled workers who have a lower minimum wage Mm -hmm. federally mandated than the seven twenty five an hour. So Uh, that is so true, Andrew. So true. Folks, give us a call. Seven one three five two six five seven three eight extension number two. And you'll get on air right away. Seven one three five two six. Five seven three eight. We definitely want to hear from you guys on this particular issue. Uh, we also have uh, Paraver uh, Maywood. Welcome to Politics and Right. Jules Ray Winfield. Welcome to Politics and Right. Lee Grant. Welcome to Politics and Right. And the venerable E two two four seven is in the house as well. Thank you guys for being here, listening up. Let's go to Colby. Come on in, Colby. Uh, hi, Alberto. How you doing, my brother? Again. Doing well, having a good day. Great, talk to talk me. To elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, but uh, about the whole uh, minimum wage and all that stuff, yes, I just sir? wanted to, um, I'm looking at some figures right now for mm-hmm. uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the mean, the average household income right now is uh, 89500 Okay. Which, uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's combined income. I'm right, that's that half the people make that and half the people make less. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, but what's more important, I think, than the mean is the median. That, oh, I'm sorry. Is, you said the mean. I thought you said median. Got it. Oh, uh, yeah. So the mean, the average is 89,000, and the median is 63,000. Oh, my God. $20,000 difference. Yeah. So, you know, we have three to four times as many billionaires now as we did when we last raised minimum wage. Right. So... All these billionaires, they raise the average salary up, but you know what they're really doing is just skewing statistics. Exactly. You know, you know what is so funny that I don't know how often you listen to the show, but remember, listen to the show every day. But here's here's the thing that I like to tell people: if I have a thousand dollars, if if everybody, if I said that my pay, the amount that I pay out is ten thousand dollars, right, and one person makes nine thousand. And the, everybody else makes a hundred. Guess what? The mean is one thousand dollars. One thousand dollars is the mean for the wages, right? And people think, "Wow, that's great." The wage mean is one thousand, but you just use a magical number, Colby. Your magical number was, but it's one thousand dollars. Let's go to Augie. Come on in, Augie. I, I, let's see. Yeah, Augie, how are you doing? All right. Well, you're talking about Europe and uh, minimum wage. Yes, sir. They also got a thing called co-ops. Right. Cooperatives. Yes. Yeah. And they're working great in the Scandinavian countries and some other countries in Europe. And uh, when they get the workers involved, they do well. And uh, I used to work for Southwestern Bell Telephone. Mm Mm-hmm. And the garage I was in, we had three different crews. Right. And we had this third-line boss who decided, he was a modern thinker, decided to try an experiment, have a crew that didn't have a supervisor. Mm -hmm. The workers would hand out the work and and do all all the paperwork, order supplies and everything, and see how it worked out. Right. Well, funny thing is, production went up, morale went up. Yeah. 
and everything went up. But then he got promoted, and then we got back to a traditional type of guy. Right. Which we didn't like to work for. And then uh, after I retired from Southwestern Bell, I worked at the BP plant in Texas City. Right. And doing telecommunication work over there, and I got to see how they operated right. the plant. And uh, if somebody got hurt or killed, it was usually a contractor. And uh, the contracts were renewed every four years. Mm-hmm. And the contract companies, the bosses, would try to do the best they could to get the next contract. Right. But however well they did, it didn't matter. It went to the cheapest uh, contract company. Exactly. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And usually, and usually they lost it. But uh, they didn't have a, an, another technician that could work on the copper telephone line, so I stayed when our contract was up. My company lost it, but uh, they put out the notice that if I got hired, the company that got me and two other techs would win the contract. So uh, this other company hired me, right. <laughs> and they won the contract. Augie, uh, let me tell you something, yeah. because you're bringing up something that is very important, right? <clears throat> I, I love what you spoke about when you spoke about the cooperative and also the permutation with, let's say, sort of with what you spoke with yourself, with your company. But what people don't, you know, it, it's, it's always amazing that uh, you hear phrases like you get what you pay for. You get phrases like uh, give people an ownership society, all these kinds of phrases um, many times you say, like to hear a lot of neoliberal folk use, right? But putting it into action is never really true. Because what you've just said there, I mean, think about it. Think about the performance increase when you had that cooperative behavior in your company, right? Where people apportioned work based on their, 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 their best, you know, he best does this, this other one best. And it works. You always have the lazy, some lazy bomb or something like that. But you have that in society. You have that in business. You have that everywhere, right? But most Correct. people are good people. Most people want to do what's right. Right. Right, Augie? And, uh, yeah. But at the BP plant, there was this one unit they were going to tear down, but they mm-hmm. couldn't do it because there was a telephone cable going through it. Right. And they couldn't tear it down until they moved it. And I was the only one that knew how to do that. So I got involved in a management meeting. And a BP guy from England, one of the big shots, came over to see how the Americans were doing at this plant. And they're going over uh, oh, um, how much would it cost? There was a right. pipeline that went into the plant, but it was rusted out the time I was there for a couple of years. Right. But it, the pipelines are inspected every so many years. Right. And that they run a, something called a pig. They're, they yeah, I know what it is. It goes through the pipeline, and some of them now have all kind of sensors to tell you where there's corrosion on the inside, yeah. et cetera. But the thing is, the BP people pay off the company with the pig to pass that pipeline. There you go. They pay them extra, they pay them extra money, and right. they painted that pipeline silver, made it look like a brand new right. uh, pipeline. And it wasn't. It was an old, rusted-out one. But the, the BP guy from England was asking about, okay— it would keep oil running through this pipeline before it explodes and kills people and hurts them. Uh, how much money would it cost to pay off the suits that we got? Oh, my and God. What's difference, and what's the difference between if we just let it go now until it blew up? How much profit would, would we make? If the profit was greater than the lawsuits they would get, they just said, well, keep it running. Augie, okay, I want to finish yeah. your subject right there because I think... I want, and I want to cut that piece out that you just said, 
In fact, I'm going to cut that piece out that you just said and make a blog out of it because what you just said is a very a way the corporate structure works for airplanes, for everything. The cost analysis base, where life, and, and notice what you just said, Augie, life wasn't given a value other than what the legal system would pay based on a suit. Correct. Wow, thank you. Hey, Augie, I got to continue with the uh, blog and stuff here. I, I, and, and come on in, Andrew. I, I, so I'm going to let you go, and then uh, thank you so kindly for calling in, my brother, okay? Yeah. All right, man. Take care. Uh, go on, Andrew, before I continue. Yeah, I, I also wanted to, I was listening to Augie. I was very impressed with what he was saying. Absolutely. And I wanted to, to add my piece. I think, um, you know, the IWW, we love uh, worker cooperatives. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there are... Um, most banks, financial institutions, even the Small Business Administration right. will not give right. cooperatives loans to get started. And um, and I think that uh, Augie's story about, you know, the experiment with the self-managed mm -hmm. team and the fact that it, it all fell apart once the manager left mm -hmm. and his story about working at BP, working, uh, uh, being in the uh, the room when right. that uh, executives meeting was happening. Right. I think that's more uh, proof that right. you need, when you want these kinds of changes to the corporate structure, when you want these kind of management changes, that needs to come from the bottom up. It needs to come from worker power, not from management, because management can leave. Management can get replaced. It's, it's all about the company's bottom line. Workers, if they have the power, if they organize and they push these demands through to management, they can push again whenever it gets threatened. Andrew, and that's why the importance of having the young mind like yours out there right? Because many of us older uh, folk, right? We are pre-programmed to the way things are. Having the young mind is so important because you know your worth, you know your will. Anyhow, folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738, extension numero dos. Give us a call again, 713-526-5738. Uh, folks, um, the next subject is the ACA preventative care has gone kaput, right? I hope I don't have any new typos in this one. And for those of you who got the, my newsletter pushed out, the first paragraph had a couple of typos in it. Forgive me for my screw up, but I was in a hurry and had to get out here. The Affordable Care Act, though it did not go near far enough, saved millions of lives. One would think that Republicans and neoliberals alike, the party who claim to believe in the sanctity of life and sect would believes and a sect that believes their economic modal has some form of humaneness respectively, would be happy that ultimately something good came out of a neoliberal law. And notice, Andrew, I call the affordable care system not a progressive piece of law, but a neoliberal law. Absolutely. Right? No, 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 no. They are not happy. They continue to take it to court and they continue to try killing the bills one piece at a time. Una vez más. Una vez más. One more time. And they won an important victory that will kill millions of Americans. A U.S. district judge in Texas has overturned the ACA preventative care provision in the law. Common Dreams reported the following. A ruling handed down by a U.S. district judge on Thursday will threaten a range of life-saving preventative health care services for more than 150 million people. Legal experts and advocates said as the decision challenged the legality of a federal task force that enforces coverage for services. Judge Reed O'Connor, a Bush appointee who sits on the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, ruled that insurance companies do not have to comply with preventative care recommendations made by the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force, which was established by a key provision of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Let me tell you in, in English what this means, folks. A lot of people, including myself, when the Affordable Care Act said it saved my life, right? You could now go in for colonoscopy once, uh, however, I don't remember what the period is, and make sure that everything was okay. You could go ahead. Women could get pre-screening on breast cancer. The Affordable Care Act had said that not only 
that Obamacare takes care of it. But if you had private insurance, your private insurance by law had to cover colonoscopy, it had to cover breast, uh, breast, uh, breast issues, it had to cover uter- you, uh, you know, the women's parts issues as well, making sure that we were all well and healthy, which saves costs. It also made sure that uh, you know the, the women was women was not cons- would not be considered a, um, a pre- uh, what you call that uh, a pre-ex- pre-existing a condition. Pre-existing condition. All these all these bad things that insurance companies did were gone. So what is it that? The family values, sanctity of life party, along with a few neoliberals wanted to do now. Oh, that's costing the insurance companies too much, man. You know, even though their profit margins bulging, it's not bulging enough. So we got to take that away from people. You know, we got to take it away. We got to get a few more people dying for the, you you know, look at how it connects to what Augie said. Think about this. Augie said, we looked at that pipe. If after that pipe blows up, it's going to cost us $100 million in lawsuits, but keep it running till it boils over, gives us $200,000 in profits, let it blow up, man. It'll kill a few people, but we'll pay for it and we're still ahead. And there's another aspect to it. It it was costing the insurance companies too much money, and that money was coming out of their... Politician yes. donation yes. funds for their yes. re-election campaigns. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, so people, this is what it means to you. You see, when, you know, this, by the way, uh, this message came over, Andrew, two days ago. Okay. Mm. The, 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 the results came over two days ago. Right. And it was a blip on regular media. Mm-hmm. All right. Just a blip. Most Americans hear this, the, a headline that says, a judge overturns the ACA preventative cure uh, uh Format. I think they call it ruling. He ruled against the ACA preventative care provision of the Affordable Care Act. People hear that. They don't know what the hell that means. Mm-hmm. All they know is, oh, a little piece of Obamacare got cut, but hey, I got my insurance. I'm okay. That's what the average American, they're going to feel, they're going to see, and you can't blame them for because that's what's reported to them. It didn't sure. report to them that no longer is your colonoscopy taken care of, no longer is, no longer is your breast exam taken care of, no longer is your, uh, what that thing that women, pap smear taken care of. Mm-hmm. All of that now that used to be taken, that's gone. Finito. Diano Maslovanga said they're not going to do it anymore. 713-526-5738. Hit extension number two. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this subject, about how is it going to affect you? Do you see, did you, did you know about it? Did, watching your standard media, were you informed of this? Or are you just hearing about it now? I'd love to hear that because, you know, we want to know how to tailor this stuff to you, man. 713-526-5738. I see Eric going crazy in the chat room. Alistair Waters is in there as well. And we got a, quite a few more that, that came in. Uh, with the with what he had to say about BP, etc. 713-526-5738, extension numero dos, extension number two, 713-526-5738. If you call now, you'll get on air right away because the lines are fully, fully unused right now. And our beautiful Marlo is in the studio just waiting to talk to you. And you know Marlo's voice. In fact, I haven't heard Marlo's voice on air today. And I think I need me some Marlo. So come on in, Marlo. I want to hear some of what you have to say based on what you've been hearing right now. Well, I'm always interested because I, too, am a member of a union. So I believe in the idea of collective bargaining. And I I am always afraid and a little angry when people are constantly trying to take our rights away. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But you know what? That's why we're here, Marlo. Because Oops, we. I gotta go. Yeah. That's why we're. Thank you, Marlo. That is why we're here because we want to make sure that folks understand that you know there are reasons why these things are being done. Give us a call seven one three five two six five seven three eight. You won't have a wait this time around seven one three. 526-5738, extension number 2, 713-526-5738, extension number 2. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear your thoughts. What can I say? This is your show. So uh, to finish up that, uh, that particular article, I said, the party that believes in the sanctity of life is comfortable with the sanctity of death if there is a cost if there is a cost associated 
with life, if there's a cost associated with life. All right, uh, since nobody else is calling on the ACA, I'm going to give 30 more seconds on that. 713-526-5738, extension number two, if you want to discuss anything else about the ACA. But we're changing the subject a bit now to the Internet Archive. The Internet Archive, what is that you may ask? You know we want an educated society. Let me tell you this. Our economic system believes every aspect of our society must be monetized by the few. Again, it is parasitic in nature for the wealthy. As the country's IQ falls because of our lack of investment in an educational system commensurate with a forward-moving country, and that we are, we are a forward-moving country, the corporatocracy is busy attempting the corporatocracy is busy attempting to make sure they can make a few pennies on every word you read. A chilling ruling against digital books by a U.S. district judge has the Internet Archive vowing to appeal the decision. Internet Archive vowed appeals, or rather, Internet Archive, which is the name of the, the group, vowed to appeal after a U.S. District Court judge on Friday sided with four major publishers who sued the nonprofit for copyright infringement, Common Dreams reported the following. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, Internet Archives operated a controlled digital lending system allowing users to digitally check out scanned copies of purchased or donated books on a one-to-one -one basis. As the public health crisis forced schools and library closures, the nonprofit launched the National Emergency Library, making 1.4 million digital books available without wait lists. Hatchet Harper Collins, John Wiley Sons, and Penguin's Random House sued Internet Archive over its lending policies in June 2020. Judge John G. Kotel of the uh, Southern District of New York on Friday found in Hatchet at Versus Internet Archive that the nonprofit creates derivative ebooks that, when lent to the public, compete with those authorized by the publishers. That is not true. The judge may feel that way, but that is not how it works. Internet Archive argues that its digital lending makes it easier for patrons who live far from physical libraries to access books, and it supports research, scholarship, and cultural participation by making books widely accessible on the Internet. But these alleged benefits cannot outweigh the market harm to the publishers. Huh? In a statement responding to the ruling, Internet Archive founder Bruce Kyle pledged to keep fighting against the publishers. Let's go ahead and get Johnny on, item uh, number one. Come on in, Johnny. Hey, Egberto. Uh, oh, but wait, before Johnny, let me just tell folks. Folks, I know the calls got, uh, you, a lot of you uh, heard the phone ring and then you had to hang up because you thought it was an answer. We were just in the middle of a lot of things. So give us a call again, 713-526-5738, extension number two. All right, go ahead, Johnny. Okay, I'm just taking a quick break here from uh, messing with the Republicans of the insect world. <laughs> Go ahead, Fire my friend. <laughs> I'm killing Marlowe. You wouldn't be Johnny if you didn't say that. Talk to me, Johnny. I did just say it. Shall All right. I repeat it? Or no, you're Johnny. Come on, talk to me, Johnny. I got to jump to another one, too. Come on, here, talk to me. Dovetail with the dovetail with you were discussing just now. Yes, sir. And with uh, the previous caller, um, oh, his name escapes me right now. Yeah, Colby. Well, not Kobe, the other guy. Ray. No. Okay, I forget. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> We're all human. Anyway, here, here's another reason, here's another benefit, I say benefit in quotes, to the corporate industrial oligarchy. This is how they see a benefit for destroying education. Yes, sir. For, neuter for neutering our public schools and eventually evaporating them, eviscerating them. Yes. Is that... When you don't have an educated populace and demotivated populace, an uninformed populace that's only able to function in the workplace, barely, guess what? 
you can't have a society that goes to a hybrid economy, like you and I have discussed before, yes. where you might have uh, 50 or 60 percent regulated capitalistic businesses and the balance horizontally based cooperative businesses. Right. They know, they know that. And that's another reason why they're so motivated to disembowel the public school system. And, and even oh, the, the, the oh. subject that I just covered with the, the, with the uh, Internet Archives. Augie, that's it. Augie, yes, Augie. But anyway, Johnny, you finished for me to go to Rick or you have something else to say? No, I just added that and I thought I'd just put that into the mix for people to think about. Well, brother. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Your, your, your input is always welcome here. Thank you so kindly. Let's go to Rick. Come on in, Rick. Number five. Rick, come on in. I'm here. You're here, Rick. Okay. Uh, according to you know what Augie was saying, and the way they play with us and they strip, you know, away the health care the way they do. They want to strip away our Social Security and such. You know, I'm a person of 69 years age, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm still working. I still have full coverage. Mm-hmm. But the day's going to come when I'm going to need my Medicare. Yes. It might not be there when I get there. The well, way they, these people are working. But I'll tell you one thing. They make sure that they're covered even through retirement. Yes. And they get everything. And something tells me that when they when they make these arrangements, the insurers will say, we'll make sure we'll cover your colonoscopy and your wife's uh, uh, conditions and everything else if you vote in our favor. You are so right. Let me tell you what happened recently. I had a friend of mine who is at Medicare age. He's in his late 70s. His wife is in her early 50s. And he wants her to keep that job so that uh, because that job, great health care policy is also going to cover him because he doesn't want to go through the the, the, the the things that Medicare is going to put him through, which in his case wasn't really bad. But brother, right. uh, so so you get what I'm talking about. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head. But let me tell you, you said Medicare is not going to be there. I think more positive than you are. And here's what I'm going to tell you, uh, Re, uh, Rick. We have well, I think that the, if the people squawk enough, they won't take away. Okay, you, you, you get Medicare. where you got where I was trying to get. We are right. not victims. Well, we are you not what. victims. We right. are. A we make those, things happen. A lot of those. Sorry. A lot of those constituents are Republicans too. Right. Okay. That eat those services. Yes. You know. And one more thing: when you talk about the media, I know that the the, the right wing media will never talk about issues like that. No. The left wing. The, the left wing media. They're so bogged down with other. BS that they, sometimes they don't get a chance to cover everything. Well, no, what happens? You just hit the magic on the head, though, sir. Let me tell you what happens. They they lead the discussion. They talk about, they make us talk. You notice how I started my program today. I said, I am not talking Trump today. Because right. that's they want to talk Trump. They want to talk all these other things that has no effect on your grocery bill. It has no right. effect on your health care. It has no effect on your kids getting support. Right? right? So that we are right. going to argue all those things. So I wanted to start my program today saying we're not talking about uh-huh. Trump. So anyway, That's thank right. you so kindly, Rick. You have All a, right, mi amigo, have a good day. You too, my brother. All right, is that uh let's see what we got here. Let's go to Rad. Oh, Rad. Okay, uh, Tori, come on in Tori on line 1. Tori, you're hot. Can you hear me now? Of course I can, my brother. Hey, uh, so you were talking about minimum wage earlier. Yes. And I had a couple of points, you know, from the history department here. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, mm-hmm. as part of the New Deal, yes, he was. proposed a maximum wage yes. of $25,000. Yes. Nobody talks about that. It didn't get implemented. You know, we got the Social Security and all right. this other good stuff, but we didn't get the maximum wage. But uh, that's, you know, really one of the biggest problems here is the concentration of wealth. That is the single biggest threat 
to democracy. Oh my God! It's the, and it's not it's not these you know dimwit fascists. It's the concentration of wealth yeah. because even liberal people like you know Jeff Bezos or Tory. Elon Musk, Tory. Can, you know, distort democracy. I want to interrupt you for one reason only because you know you are a professor, so you talk in professor language. I want to talk in something that just the average guy understands. Because when you say maximum wage, right, you lend you you are going to make people believe that you want to take away what they have earned. Okay. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say very well. You want it, it comes across as you want to take away those people who earned something, right? And it's so important for us to set the scale right. You remember there's a time when our highest income uh, rate was 91. I mean, the income tax rate was 90 something percent. And it was 90 right. something percent to try to implement something similar to what you're saying here. Nobody oh, yeah. earns a billion dollars. Nobody earns a hundred million dollars. Anybody, and that's what got me irate when I listened to the Starbucks chair and I go to Starbucks, I wrote my books in Starbucks, all of that. I love the people at Starbucks because he did give them a better wage. He did give them health care. Schultz is right when he goes out there and says, I gave my workers much better than most companies in America. He's right about that. But that's not enough as far as it concerned. He wants to be a god. Say, Andrew, you wanted to say something real quick. Okay. Well, uh, I was. It, it was more to let you know you have seven minutes oh, left. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> but as long as I'm here. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, you, you know what? Maybe Starbucks does pay better than a lot of other fast food and minimum wage uh, yes, jobs. Yes, they do. But that doesn't mean that the workers aren't still getting less than what they deserve. Hey, that doesn't mean that Schultz and every other investor and boss and owner in Starbucks is not still siphoning uh, money and wealth away from the workers. And that's what Tory's talking it. about when Tory talks about a maximum income. And I, I and well, it's, there's another point. To go make ahead. Here. You make know, it. I'm, I'm haven't finished yet. Make it. Uh, so the, as you point out, the tax rate of uh, whatever is one way to level the right field. And, you know, there's a lot of precedents for that here and all over the world. And, you know, in the more advanced uh, industrialized countries. Right. But what we can learn from uh, some Nordic countries, I believe uh, some of them have uh, maximum uh, compensation for executives yeah. set at like $5 million. Right. So they don't have any of this $400 million exactly. executive salary and bonuses. And, you know, it's not because uh, of anything other than it distorts the political system when you concentrate wealth. You can't have a democracy with this kind of extraordinary difference in minimum and maximum but, you know, uh, income. And there's another answer to it as well, Tori, and I, I wish more people would say it. It's math. It's math. If you have a pie expanding at 2%, and the wealthy in that pie expanding on 7%, mathematics tells you that eventually over time, that, uh, that the sect that's getting 7% increase on that pie will eventually eat up most of that pie. And that is exactly what is happening right now in America. Thank you very much, Drew. Andrew, we have to realize that. I think I could get another call in. 713-526. Okay, have a good one. You too, Tori. Thank you so kindly. 713-526-573. Come on in, number two. I don't have your name, but come on in. It's Brad. Brad, talk to me, Brad. You mentioned something about uh, this internet uh, copyright stuff. Yeah, the internet archive. Yes, sir. So you're telling me if you yourself, you know, you wrote your autobiography. Yeah. Okay. You spent, let's say, eight, eight 12 months doing it. Okay. Yes. You know, who knows? God knows why anyone will want to read it in the first place. Right. Okay. But let's, but all of a sudden, the Internet Archives gets it and they make copies of it. Yeah. And everyone gets it for free. I love you don't that. Think you I know where you're going. I don't have a lot of time left, Brad, but you are right. You are absolutely right, Brad, but hear me out now. Okay, you are so right. Listen to me now. I have, I've written five books, okay? My books are also on the internet archive, right? And they are, people are being able to check it out and read it, and I don't make a penny on that. That's fine. Here's a reason why it's fine. Listen to why it's fine. It's not magic. If, if, if let's say Kingwood Library buys five copies of my book, right? They would then loan that book out one at a time to different people to read, yes. right? There's nothing wrong yes. with that. I got paid already for those books that were yes. sold. Internet Archive works the same. Internet Archive says these are books that's been donated to them electronically, 
right? Yes. And then I agree, they, I agree with you. So if, if one person can read your book yes. in the Internet Archives, they finish it, then another person, but only one at a time. Right. Yes. Okay, you I, go one at a time. Yes, that's how it works. Oh, so you're telling me if you wrote a book, and again, why would anybody want to read it? Uh, but let's say I did because... Because um, you love me. Yeah, okay. So I can check it out at Internet Archives, yes. but no one else can, no one else can until I uncheck it out. That's that, right, that is right. Yes, sir. Oh, well, screw that. stupid. That's a library then. Thank you. That's what we were saying. Did you want okay. to add something? Go ahead, real um, quick. No, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brad. You stumbled yeah. into the truth. Finally, you stumbled into the truth. Okay, Brad, let me get... Let me, uh, uh, somebody else wants to know, but thank you very much, brother. Go ahead. While we're on the, uh, on the subject of the Internet Archive, there's a Tech Dirt article uh -huh. uh, about... Uh, I think it's corporations are one step closer. Publishers get one step closer to killing libraries that lays out a great uh, argument against this idea. I want you to email me that because I'm going to have to uh, blog it because we're running out of time. Come right. read on, Mod M-O-D, real quick. You got about 30 seconds. Hey, uh, 30 seconds. So, Move it fast, my dear brother. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so if China has uh, a green light from the governor of Michigan to build this battery plant. Yes. Uh, that, that's coming up because that's, that's a fact. But, Thank you, brother. You know, in China, hold on. I got to go. I, the time is hot, for real. Let me say, just let me say this, that we're meeting on sustainable development in NATO countries in the U.S., while the rest of the world is getting ready to go. Thank you very much. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.